Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. And welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. This is Brother Elijah Doyle, your humble host. And uh, with me, I have uh, two very wonderful priests in gray. On my right, Father Peter Teresa. How are you? Hello, hello. Welcome. And on my left, Father Anthony Tinker. Hello, hello. It doesn't really matter to the audience where we are, but hopefully it gives them a little visual. Yes. You know, we're kind of sitting around a little table. Father Petrus is eating bread and drinking coffee. So I thought he was honoring me by saying that because I'm sitting at his right. <laughs> I'm at his right hand. I'm at the yeah. right hand of the host. Yes. yes. I'm at the place of honor right now. Sure. Uh, it's yes. easier for him to keep watch on you in case you start misbehaving. Yes. <laughs> I have to be careful of agreeing with that because Father Anthony is, in fact, my direct superior. He is your direct superior, but I am on your right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we begin, Father Anthony, it was your birthday recently. It was, yeah, actually. So, we pre-record these things, and uh, my birthday just happened a couple of days ago. Wow. And it was uh, a great day. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. 25 years old. And I know the audience is very excited. Yeah, I was going to say, we, uh, we have an update, don't we? Yeah, we have a little competition that was going on. Uh, between Father Peter Teresa and I. Um, and I just want to thank my family, particularly my aunts. <laughs> the Tinkers came out strong. Yeah, the Tinkers and the Darbys came out strong. We, uh, yeah, I, I got multiple cards from multiple aunts, mm-hmm. uh, which put me over the top for a victory. Yes. A clear, decisive victory over Father Peter Teresa on number of birthday cards received this year. So wow. McConnell's uh, and Leyland's are going to need to step up next year. This is a, this is the story of my life. <laughs> I enter into a competition with Father Anthony and quickly get humbled. Yes, yes. <laughs> Although uh, I, I do want to say a shout out to your mom. She called me on my birthday, and she she was somewhat remorseful about the fact that she sent me a birthday card because she knew it was going to like count against like her son's score. So I'm glad to hear that that they that they made up for it in other ways. Well, 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 Lisa, a little. Uh... Uh, you know, didn't get a birthday call from you, so I'm calling you out today. Wow. Put my mom on front street. <laughs> I got your back, mom. I got your back, mom. Don't worry. No, no one gets to talk about my mother like that on the air. Well, while we are on the topic of moms, um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but when I was growing up, anytime uh, something would happen to me, uh, for instance, if I were to stub my toe on the corner of the table, uh, and my mother would be in the room, she would say this this phrase to me, which perhaps you have heard before, and maybe. Other Catholics growing up in their homes have heard before. But she would say this to me. She would say, offer it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a Brooklyn accent, which makes it even better. <laughs> oh, can, you, can you do it for us? I, I, I would, but I, I fear my mother. <laughs> so she would say, offer it up, you know? And, and of course, me, a little kid, you know, what, what the heck does that mean? I'm just in pain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is this? What is this? This is going to be our topic today. Offer it up. What is this uh, phrase all about? Can I say first, that was a beautiful segue into our topic. That was, I, that was seamless and beautiful, and I just want to honor you. <laughs> yes. Me at your right hand, thank I you. honor you today. Well, and second, let me sympathize with little little boy, uh, uh, Brother Elijah, who wasn't called that back then, but we'll, we'll save that for, you can reveal your name if you want to. Yes. But little baby Brother Elijah, before it's Brother Elijah, um, the fact that, that it doesn't feel very good when you're like, <laughs> stub your toe or something bad happens, and like the response is, offer it up. Like your mother said a really good thing, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> it doesn't, though. So I'm still just, hurts. just to sympathize still hurts. With, uh, with all those who've heard this phrase, offer it up, 
And their first immediate emotional reaction mm. was not the kindest or the most loving to such a situation. So that's what we want to recall to that maybe after we talk a little bit about this, you actually will have a more kind and gentler and loving response to someone who simply says, yes, offer it up. up. Yes. No. Now, I do want to clarify, my mother would comfort me. Mm. So I don't want to take that away from her, especially if she is, is listening. Once again, I do fear my mother. <laughs> but uh, but yes, what is what is this all about? Um, what do these words mean, and 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 what do they what do they mean, especially as Catholics? I think. So uh, what we're talking about is the reality that <clears throat> Jesus died on a cross, and in that suffering, uh, he saved humanity. But we have the ability, as Saint Paul tells us, to um, to join in that suffering, that we can make up for what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ, this controversial or maybe misunderstood, yeah, better yeah, way, misunderstood yeah. line from scriptures, that in reality, though Jesus offered the once for all perfect sacrifice, we have an opportunity to unite our own little sacrifices with his and to offer um, the little difficulties, the struggles, the sacrifices, the pains of this life up in union with the cross, in union with the suffering he gave. Um, and what happens when we do that is it, it, it merits, you know, merits grace. It merits um, the, the response of, of God for the sake of ourself and the sake of others, that, that we do believe in praying for each other. And that's, that, that we can even offer up not just our prayers and not just our praises, but even offer up our sufferings for the sake of someone else. That's absolutely right. And I think for me, just the... Uh... So, so offer it up that, that we are, you're in pain, you stub your toe, um, you put your hand on the burner when you shouldn't, you, um, whatever physical suffering you find, you're sick, maybe you have COVID or something like that, you know what I mean? And that, and that because Christ became a man uh, and he took on our human nature and he united himself to us, um, and now all of humanity is united to him. And so now, Everything we do can now participate in what Christ has done, um, and so now we can share and participate in Christ's suffering. So now, so now our sufferings as Christians aren't pointless and meaningless. Um, now our sufferings as Christians can actually take on tremendous meaning, like salvific meaning. They can be, they can save us, they can save our families, they can save our loved ones, they can save um, our country, um, and or whatever it is that we're praying for, and that. And that the saints and the mystics would all tell us that 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 suffering is 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 precious and valuable to God, um, and to offer our sufferings up to God is then to to unite them to the cross, that the instrument of our salvation, and so that we are we're not suffering emptily, if that's a word, emptily. I like it. Um, <laughs> we'll keep it. It is now. Yeah, uh, it's not empty suffering. I can I can, I can at least say that, um, but it is it is now suffering with with a meaning. So that was just and what what's really fascinating to me is the reality that sometimes the suffering isn't there's there's nothing necessarily um that that, that somehow like we, we think sometimes suffering we think of like Max May Colby we think of Auschwitz and we think of this like terrible these these martyrs who su and suffered these terrible terrible trials but sometimes it's even not just stuff that people do to you it's even stubbing your toe. Right. Like it's, it's actually it's just because of my own klutz, being a klutz, <laughs> that I stub my toe, which is not a part of God's will or God's plan. It's simply my own not paying attention. And yet in that, mm -hmm. I'm, it, it's, it's a, a complete offering up 
to say, oh, that this is this is a real like God is in the midst of this, and I can offer even this suffering, which is just a part of my day to day life, and united to the cross, which for me is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of like a lot of different things right now. Um, maybe just a- it all of this. It, it makes me think of a, a lot of different things. Uh, so if you'll just allow me to open up a can of worms right now. Yes. So it, it's just so amazing. Like Father saying, like you stub your toe because you're a klutz or whatever it is, or you just you're you're busy and you're rushing around and you slam your hand in the car door or. Um, and then you can, and then all of a sudden, then this becomes a means for like grace, becomes a means for merit, becomes a means of salvation for you and whoever you want to offer it up for. You're, you're uniting it to the cross. Um, and I think this is, I think one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of right now is why this is so important, why the saints would tell us that you don't have to go seek crosses and sufferings. Like you don't have to go seek out the cross. Like the Lord will give them to you. Um, and whether they are small, like a stub toe, or whether they're big, like you're in a hospital bed with a terminal illness, you know, like, um, and that we don't have to seek out, out crosses that, that, that yes, the cross is like the focal point of our salvation, but it doesn't make us, um, we don't have to martyr ourselves, if that makes any sense. Um, and then the other thing this makes me think of is just that, you know, our, our own experience. And I just think um, a needle that we're all trying to thread right now is that we all, were formed and, and evangelized through the charismatic renewal um, and just how powerfully it is to, to pray for people with healing and then balancing these two things between like seeking a healing, but then also like accepting the cross um, where, where the vast majority of our tradition and the saints are, are don't run from it, you know, just embrace it. Thank the Lord for it. Um, and so um, I know there's a, there's a, there's a balance there. And I just think that it's a, um, which is it's all the mysterious will of God in some way. So I just I just threw a bunch out there and we'll just <laughs> go swimming in it. I wonder if I might pose a question. Come on, come on. How are we feeling this morning? I love questions. Okay. I like to ask questions because then I don't have to worry about answering. Them. <laughs> it's a good it's a good side of the desk to be on. So why I mean Jesus Jesus died for us, right? He already died for us. He suffered tremendously. Um, like we could never even imagine. Yeah. Why? Why do we have to even offer it up? Why? Why is it that um, we even, you know, why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to offer it up? What are we actually gaining? Didn't Jesus just die for us? And isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? What? Like, what is all this offer it up business about? Yeah, I would start with just an example. I, I think first from the scriptures. Uh, read the book of Judges. It's one of my favorite books. But what you read is. Um, when the people were quote unquote fat and happy, they were far from God. Mm. And when they were suffering, they were beseeching God for his help. That uh, unfortunately, a part of our human nature is that when we're going through difficulty, we turn to God. Uh, I, I use this example often. We just had the 20th anniversary of 9-11 recently. Yeah. And if people remember, the churches were full after 9-11. They were packed with people. Um, why? Because people were in, in they, they turned to God in the midst of of. Uh, things aren't aren't going well. Things are difficult. Things are struggling, and, and we see this in our own lives oftentimes. That when we turn to God when we need Him, unfortunately, and that's not necessarily how God wants us to turn to Him, but he, all the time. But he, uh, it is a time for a lot of people in the midst of great suffering. I, I could tell probably story after story about people who, when they got cancer, 
um, they turned back to the Lord when they went through difficulty, when their their kid, you know, got pregnant uh, as out of uh, out of wedlock as a teenager, and they're like, "I need God. My family needs God." And kind of going back to and turning back to God in the midst of suffering. So it's something that oftentimes God will use to shake us out of our mentality of just coasting along. Because we can get into in the spiritual life and our physical lives, et cetera, this time where we just start coasting along. And and God, we don't really, quote unquote, need God, we think, because right. everything's going well. Then we're fine. If I have time for church, that's great. Uh, yeah, thank you, God. I know you're up there. You did something real for me. But um, when we get desperate, we get really desperate. We get on our knees. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln is like, oftentimes I find myself on my, on my knees because I've found there's nowhere else I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, I've nowhere else to go. And I, and I, I find the same way. Like it's, you know, not, not that I'm a big fan of suffering, but I've seen God use suffering to draw me closer to him. I find myself closer to God because of the difficulties and struggles, the sufferings that I've endured in my life. And so oftentimes God will just use them um, because in our human nature, it wakes us up. It breaks us out of our normal routine to say, oh man, I need God. We started with the example of like something rather benign and trite, like a stub toe, you know, offer it up. I've had many, many stub toes. <laughs> many, many graces. <laughs> and so, um, so I, I guess like, I, I think, I think it is important to qualify that, the that not all suffering is equal, um, and that, um, and that some sufferings that, that are just are, are, are evil. Like, you know, if you have, if you have experienced something very traumatic in your life, you know, if you've been, um, physically assaulted, domestic violence, sexual abuse, you know, th- these are obviously sufferings that like God did not want for you. That God did not will them. That they're not good. You know what I mean? Um, that those are, those are horrible things and, and just terribly sorry that, that, that anyone has had to, to suffer those things. Um, but then there are the other kinds of sufferings, kind of like the ones that we're talking about, like like the stub toe and all that, and um, where where not all sufferings are bad, like Father's saying, where actually suffering is the medicine we need to bring us out of of our materialism, of our consumerism, of our self centeredness, of our ego, where where we're so focused in just ourselves that that suffering has a way of just um, of pulling us out of ourselves um, and. And seeing the whole picture, and now seeing, now looking at life from an eternal perspective, and not just the moment to moment. Um, and so, so I just want to make that distinction. Um, but then you're asking the question, like, well, well, why do we suffer? You know what I mean? Didn't didn't Jesus do everything for us? And and yes, he absolutely did do everything for us. But but this is how good God is that He wants to share everything with us. That. That in a special way he has shared it with his mother to 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 be um, to participate in our redemption um, and and her co-redemptrix, um, but but we all get to do that. He wants all of us to participate in that. Um, he wants us all to be involved um, in 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 that one act uh, of, of salvation. And so and so that's that's a gift. That's an incredible gift. Where where now all of a sudden that my sufferings that are a part of this fallen world. Um, can now be united to to Christ and be redeemed and, and and take on this great value and this great meaning, which we will only begin to really see and understand uh, on the other side of the veil. Well, and just to add something to you to what you said, um, but even going back to the the, the sexual abuse, domestic violence yeah. situation, yeah. Um, that God doesn't want, God doesn't will, that 
Isn't it beautiful? But God can still use that. He does. He absolutely The most does. terrible situations yeah. in your life. Things where, where God didn't want that person to sin. Mm-hmm. But yet God can use that person's sin for you if you offer it up, in a sense. Yeah. And now, again, it's not... I want to be very, very, very... This is a very touchy subject. And yeah. I want to be very, very yeah. sensitive because these are, these are terrible, terrible tragedies. And they're not just like right after it happens, it's wake up and say... Oh, okay, well, forgive and forget, 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 move on. That these oftentimes take a lifetime to heal. But in the midst of that, we can either become bitter, angry, resentful, and hold on to unforgiveness, and we'll find ourselves moving further from God, moving away from God because of the tragedy and the difficulty that we've experienced. Or in the midst of that, we can say, okay, God, you have a higher plan. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Um, And I don't know what's, what, like why this happened? I know you didn't want this to happen, but I do know as well that, as Romans tells us, uh, you can make all things work together for the good of those who love your culture, according to your purpose. That you can work this towards good somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I mean, uh, John Paul II goes and meets with the the man who tries to kill him. Yeah. The man has a conversion because of it. Yeah. Saint Maria Gregoria appears I was just in Marie prison yeah. to the man who stabbed her thirteen times, yeah. and he has a conversion. Yeah. That even these people who did terrible things. That God allowed through the fact that Maria Gretti didn't hold on to that resent that resentment and anger mm-hmm. through Saint John Paul II like, didn't hold on to that resentment and anger. He forgave. It led to that per- the other person's conversion in their life. And so these terrible tragedies actually God can use them for the sake of souls if we let Him. It's it's also the case too that, um, and I think this is perhaps a lesson that our culture has has lost sight of. But but in many ways. Um, Suffering is the measure of love. Um, what are you willing to suffer for your beloved, for someone that you love? Um, and for, for spouses, they'll suffer anything for their spouse. For parents, they'll suffer anything for their children. That in, in some way that, that you can measure how much uh, you love something or someone by how much you're willing to sacrifice and suffer for it. And so, so God shows us the measure of his love by holding nothing back, by suffering the most humiliating and excruciating death um, that, that one could, could experience at that time to, to demonstrate the measure of his love for us and that, um, and that our love is very weak and very small. And so perhaps all that we can offer up is a stubbed toe, but we can offer that up as a measure of our love um, for, for God and, and for those around us. And so that... So just to kind of flip it on its head, that that there is something positive about suffering, that it is does demonstrate just how much we love and are willing to sacrifice for those that we love. Yeah. So with all of this, you know, we we so often just like the day to day things that happen to us, you know, human existence. There's nobody who doesn't encounter some kind of even little inconvenience throughout the day. Um, but what we're not saying here, if, I, if I'm understanding you right, uh, fathers, is uh, that it's not just kind of grint your teeth and bear it. Uh, it's not just kind of, oh, okay, well, this, this is uh, something that uh, is painful to me, or this is something that is, is feel, it feels inconvenient, or whatever it might be, I just have to, I just have to offer it up, I just have to suffer it. Um, so the, the attitude, what, what is, how, how is our disposition and our attitude? How can we kind of make sure that um, you know, we're, we're doing this with God because I think 
there's somebody who who out there right now on the street. I mean, and, and you look at a lot of people who are in poverty today, right? And and I'm sure that they suffer day to day, but they might not know God at all. Um, they're suffering, but uh, there's a there's a good Catholic uh, out there somewhere who who might also be homeless and suffering, but perhaps their experience is different. Um, so it's it's not so much a a, a grit your teeth and bear it. Uh, so what's what's kind of the the disposition? How do we how do we actually approach this? You know, what's what's a good way for us to kind of learn how to how to do this better? I, I want to just re-echo what Father Patrice has said that that we don't have to go look for crosses. Yeah. Um. That that God will provide them, and uh, <laughs> in abundance, in abundance. <laughs> um. And and so you know, there's times or seasons where in Lent where we fast and. Uh, times when we offer, you know, at specific times, Fridays in particular, we're fasting. There's there's times when we have little little offerings that we we make of our own uh, will, our own disp- disposition. But in general, the hardest ones, the most difficult ones, He gives, and and so whenever it's it's kind of whatever circumstance, whatever situation we're in, we just allow that to be the the cross that God is giving us. But it doesn't mean we simply uh, hold on to it and say, well, I'm not going to do anything about this. Um, We'll uh, we'll go back to the situation of um, you know kind of someone who suffered some kind of domestic abuse or something. Well, you know you should, especially if that person needs to go to jail. You know, press charges, and you should go on a healing retreat like Grief to Grace and, and go seek you, you know your you go to you know your healing, um, confessing any unforgiveness, do the work that you need to do as the case would be um, to help heal from that, um, to help move forward with your life. At, at the same time. That throughout that process to continue to offer things up. I mean, if you're in poverty, it doesn't mean you have to stay in poverty and say, well, I'm going to offer this up. Um, I might have to go work. I might be working two jobs. My life might be really difficult. Um, I'm going to do my best. But when, no matter what happens, I'm just, I'm, I'm resigned to the will of God. And if the will of God is, um, you know, going to help me, you know, it, it is going to be uh, whatever that is going to be, then I'm just resigned to it. But I just have to do the things I have to do. It's not it's allowing God to work through that and praying and discerning and saying, okay, what's the next step? God, I'm suffering right now. I'm really suffering. What's the problem? What's the issue? What's the next step? And just in relationship with him, take that next step, you know, in the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, psychological realms of your life for healing um, and not just say, okay, uh, but Jesus didn't take up the cross and just stand there. Like, okay, well, I have a cross. I'm just going to hold this cross as long as I can't. My body will allow me. No, he kept moving forward. He kept walking towards Calvary. And that led to his death. But we have to take up that cross and follow him. We have to take up that cross and walk and move. And as we walk and move, then sometimes those little crosses, sometimes they, 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 there's other, they, uh, God has other crosses for us, and those crosses are gone, and other cross gets picked up, whatever the case may be, along that path. You're talking about our Lord. And just I think one of the most powerful scenes for me from the Passion of the Christ is when he is carrying his cross. And I, I don't remember exactly. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. but. Uh, he's on the ground, um, and he reaches out and embraces the cross and gives it a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the attitude we want, where, where, and I just think it's St. Francis for this as well, you know, our, our, our holy founder, um, where, where everything for him was a gift. And so, so the, so you embrace it, you, 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 you kiss it, you love it, you recognize that this is something that, that God has allowed and permitted, you, the, the small crosses for sure, you know what I mean, the, the, the stubbed toes and the, the flus and the sicknesses and things like that, but, but, um, 
I also think of something Mother Teresa said, and and, and it, I, I can never shake it. She just um, she 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 would say that um, to to take whatever the Lord gives, and to give whatever the Lord takes, with a big smile. <laughs> it's like okay, I'll take what you give, and I'll give what you take, and like, but I'll do it grudgingly. But she's like, no, 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 no. You do it with a big smile. Um, that all is gift. Um, whatever the Lord gives, whatever the Lord takes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, and so I think the attitude we want is just of, of just openness, of just receptivity of, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen this day. I don't know if I'm going to get every red light on my way to work and be late for work. And I have this important meeting and I'm going to be super frustrated, but like, thanks be to God for all these red lights. You know what I mean? Or, or my kids are running around and like, I'm going to be late for church again. And like Johnny won't put his shoes on and Susie just spilled all the Cheerios. And like, this is maddening and like, just blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, thank you, Lord, for this. This is a gift. And, and, um, and that's hard to do, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't be overly pious with this, but I think that is where we want to 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 move our hearts and to ask the Lord for that kind of grace. And and just even the book of Hebrews tells us that, um, and and I think it's chapter twelve, verse two, that um, that that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. Um, that that there was this joy before God, before Jesus, um, that allowed him to endure the cross. And so, what is our heart? Um, that, that, that there's a way in which he joyfully took up the cross, um, because he knew what it was. It was for the salvation of the world and he was willing to, to pay any price and endure any suffering for that. And so, so I would say that's sort of the attitude. That's the disposition where we, we have open hands like St. Francis, where all this gift, uh, where we're like Mother Teresa, where we just take whatever he gives and gives whatever he takes with a big smile. Um, and we just, for the joy set before us, uh, endure the cross and despise its shame. So let's um, let's say I'm a zealous Catholic. Been doing uh, this. I would, only hope. Been I would doing say, this for a while. I would say that you are. Well, well, let's let's, let's say I'm I'm not me for a second. Okay. Hmm. This isn't. I'm not trying to get weird. I'm just trying to make a point. <laughs> hypothetical. All right. Yeah, it's a hypothetical. Uh, maybe next time I'll make do, a little do, note. Do, 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 next time do, do, I start a sentence that way, I will say this is a hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to confuse our our listeners here. But let's say hypothetically speaking that I am a zealous Catholic mm-hmm. and I've been doing this for a little while. And, um, you know, I understand you take the crosses that the Lord gives, but what if I feel like I want to just, you know, offer up my meal today? No, I'm not going to have lunch. Or what if I offer up that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, sleep in today? Or, you know, how do I know if, if, if these are things that I should be doing? Or how do I know if, um, this, you know, what's the, what's the limit? You know, maybe I've, I've offered up uh, breakfast. Maybe I want to offer up lunch and dinner too. Uh, maybe I don't want to eat for four days. You know, what's, what's the limit here? How do I, how do I kind of know um, when, we're, when we're speaking about offering things up in, in kind of that sense? So this is, this is actually a really kind of important question where, where if you have been doing this for a while and you're walking with the Lord, um, that this is a way in which then the enemy will try then to get to you. Because once you set your resolve and set your will, I'm going to follow God and he can't change that. Um, then he's just going to throw every good thing at you for you to do. You should be fasting. You should be praying. You shouldn't be sleeping in. You should be doing all of these things. And and then all of a sudden we can create this ideal for ourselves of of what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then we always fall short. And then we fall into like shame and self-condemnation and things like that. And so um, I would say that that if you've been doing this for a while and you feel compelled to 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 forego meals, to to to, to be taking on some extra penances, um, 
that I would definitely do these things under the direction and supervision of a, of a priest or a religious elder, spiritual, a spiritual elder, um, that, that they are good things, but, um, but this is a way in which the enemy will, will get to us that like, he'll just throw every, every good thing at us. And then all of a sudden we're like, we're buried in and, and then we're crabby and we're not charitable because we're not getting enough sleep. We're not eating. Um, we hate ourselves because we're not living up to these standards and we're, and so we're actually not growing in virtue because this isn't what God has asked us to do. So, so it takes some prayer. It takes some discernment. Um, that's not to be, not to be afraid. It's not a cop. out. I was being like, well, I'll never fast. Father's saying no, never fast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you should do it, but you want to do it prudently and after much prayer and after uh, consultation, um, with, with a priest or a spiritual elder that you trust. I guess an analogy could be, and this isn't perfect, but it could be that the, the fasting and the discipline that we do is not the cross that God has for us. Oftentimes, it's to prepare us to carry that cross. It's kind of like the practice before the game. That, that is the discipline that helps you that when the difficult times come, when the storms come, you're ready for them. And so uh, at the same time, like with an athlete with his body, like you can push your body too far. You, can, you could work out a really hard workout and run a lot right before a game and you're just gonna be tired for the game. You're not gonna have any strength for it because you're so focused on the practice, you're not there for the game. That, um, that, that, that not to say that these other the disciplines you take on aren't meritorious, but they're not nearly as meritorious as the crosses God will give you. And they need to be done because they need to prepare you to take up the crosses that God gives you and take them up well and charitably. But they, are only, they, they need to be, a, a, an analogously speaking, like a practice, that you're doing enough that it's disciplining your body, disciplining your mind, disciplining your spirit, preparing you. At the same time, you're not doing so much that you're, all the, as Father Peter said, all your energy and strength is going there. Then when the other crosses come, you're becoming bitter, you're becoming tired, you're becoming resentful because you've, you can't deal with the crosses that, that God is giving you to carry. Charity is the measure of everything. Yeah. Charity is the measure of everything. So if you're doing these things and you're becoming less charitable, <laughs> then you're, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's off. Okay, so there you have it, folks. Offer, offer it, it up. up. Offer it up. But offer it up, all, all things in charity. That's right. All things with the Lord. Yeah. Well, it has come to that time, my good fathers. I'm and ready. Do you know what time that is? Everyone's favorite time. Yeah. I feel that the, the there more has I, been a I get thrown into a sheer panic. Yes, yeah. there has been a shift in the room. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel the panic. The table is trembling. So here's my question. Because we are we are talking in the beginning about birthdays and birthday cards. Mm. Now I hope this isn't a sore subject for you, Father Peter. Not Teresa. at all. Okay, good, good. If it is, you can offer it up, <laughs> Father Anthony. What is the most memorable birthday card that you have ever received? Wow. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm bringing it today. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm th- as I'm thinking, I'm going to say next year, I think we should do birthday presents because mm. oh. cards are great. But I mean, if we can get that kind of present response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Top. A competition, you get the most presents. That's <laughs> no, a, a good word. <laughs> um, that's just to give me some time to think. So I would say this year I got one of those singing cards and it was um, a happy birthday with cows mooing. Wow. Uh, which was quite impressive. Like th- that was like, oh, wow. That really um, made me made me chuckle, but the most memorable one actually probably came um, when I was in in formation. I think initial formation, and uh, one of the guys that was just that kind of thing. They sent you out to the store, a grocery store, and you had to pick up a card for whatever birthday it was. And um, um, 
And it was, uh, it was something really, really stupid. It was like literally like <laughs> a card that looked like a pickle, and it said, "Here, a flat pickle." <laughs> but something that would just take, and, and I don't know, you're just kind of an initial formation. You're kind of feeling everybody out and feeling everything out, and it's like it really tickled me. Like it just really was quite funny, and uh, and so yeah, that's probably the one that was the most memorable for me birthday card I've received. I remember I was working at the Jersey Shore at the the camp I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, my parents sent me a fax, uh, like a birthday card, because one of one of the campers, one of the things that he would say if he liked you, he would say that you're a rockin' person. He'd be like, "You're a rockin' person." <laughs> so it kind of just became like a little thing. But my family and I. So <clears throat> this is like before, like Photoshop. So I think they like printed out a picture of like the cover of the movie School of Rock, wow. and then like taped my 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 face on like on the on the guy. <laughs> And so it said like school of rock and it was like my face on it. And then it said, you're a rockin' person. Um, so it was your face on Jack Black's body. <laughs> yes, I oh, guess I just ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what happened. That's impressive. But it was, uh, it was hilarious. And, uh, I enjoyed that. I might have it somewhere actually buried deep in a box of, of, of memories. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, mine was, um, When I was in initial formation too, actually, and I, I received a card from all of the students that I had worked with at uh, mm. LSU before I started. Yeah, before I came here to the to to be a friar, and uh, they remembered my birthday and sent me a card with with all the students that I had been ministering to for for two years. So that really kind of caught me off guard, but also yeah. was, made you feel feelings. Made me feel things. Yeah, made me feel yeah. things. So that was really wonderful. But okay, we've come to the end of our show here. Father Peter Teresa, would you uh, lead us in a closing prayer? Absolutely. May the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We give you great glory for this day, Lord. And we do just come to you with open hands, with open hearts, just to receive all that you would have for us this day, this week, all the little crosses that you will send us, Lord. We just ask for the grace to receive them, to offer them up um, so that they might merit um, for our souls and those that we pray for and those that we love, um, for the, our salvation, the salvation of our loved ones, the salvation of our nation. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith give. That's becomefire.faith give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.